all places together. Here we believe that our lives are connected to one another and rooted in God's inclusive and expansive love for diverse creation. I'm Colleen Montgomery, the pastor of All Places Together and your podcast host. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Today's episode is Questions of Holy Week, Part 1. When many Christians talk about Holy Week and Easter, they do so with certainty and clarity that seems to show forth their deep faith in this world-changing story. Jesus entered Jerusalem on a Sunday with the crowds cheering him on. Jesus ate a final meal with his disciples where he commanded them to love as he loved. Jesus was betrayed by Judas, judged by the crowds, and was crucified by government officials. Jesus was buried in a tomb on a Friday night. And then on Sunday morning, Jesus' body was gone. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Clear and certain statements. This is what I believe, and just as I said this now, I've said it many times before as I've taught and preached and had conversations about the story of Jesus talking about who Jesus is, clear and certain statements. But whenever I have the time to say so, I also say that I've got a lot of questions about how this all played out and what it means for us today, including what it means for me. Some of these questions are discrepancies between the four different books of the Bible that tell the story of Holy Week and Easter, but a lot of them don't really have much to do with the particular verses. More about my own curiosity and questions of my heart. But did you know that within every single version of this story, no matter what gospel we look in, There are so many questions within the text. Today, we're going to look at the Gospel of Matthew. And I don't just mean like the questions that I have or you have or that biblical scholars have about the text, but questions that are spoken in the dialogue of the people within the story. Questions that people ask about Jesus directly to Jesus and questions that Jesus asks to others. It's really every few verses, there's a question. Today, we are going to begin to move through some of these questions together, to wonder and to wander through them to see how we can connect with Jesus and the people around him in his final days. There was some certainty and some clarity, but there was also a lot of chaos and confusion too. In this episode, we'll look at the questions of Palm Sunday, which will be celebrated on April 5th this year. Then in the next episode, we'll look at some of the questions that come later in the week. So here we go. The questions of Holy Week according to St. Matthew, part one. The first question of Holy Week comes on Palm Sunday, the day that Jesus and his disciples arrive to the city of Jerusalem. They are there to celebrate Passover, which is a Jewish festival that tells the story of the deliverance of the Israelite people from slavery in Egypt. 
modern-day Jewish folks continue to celebrate this festival, and it begins on April 5th and goes through April 12th in 2023. So essentially, like the same time this year that Christians are celebrating Holy Week and Easter. But back to Jesus this time. It's Passover, and that's why Jesus and his disciples have come to Jerusalem. Now, before they enter into the city, uh, Jesus has a request. Jesus asks for a donkey and a colt, at least in the Gospel of Matthew. And so Jesus' disciples get him this donkey and colt, and he rides into the city on them. And as he comes into the city, there are crowds and they are throwing palm branches at his feet and they are laying down their clothes for the animals to walk on. They are calling out to him and they are yelling things like, Hosanna to the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And in the midst of this chaos and maybe even confusion that we hear the first question. There's no way to know how many people in the crowds actually knew who Jesus was or what was happening. Some of them did, but not all. Because the first question is this. Matthew 21, 10 to 11 reads, And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this? they asked. And the crowds answered, It's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So this first question is asked by the whole city. And now I'm unsure of the distinction between who the whole city is and then who who is the crowds that answer. Are the crowds the people coming into Jerusalem to also celebrate Passover? Would the crowds have traveled alongside of Jesus on the way to Jerusalem so they know who he is? They can answer that question? Or are the crowds just like different people? who are also within the city? I don't know. But the sense that we get is that the whole city is bustling with the news of Jesus's arrival. And without the modern day 24-hour news cycle or social media, the word of mouth grapevine must have been running on overtime to spread the news. Variations of this first question of Palm Sunday, who is this, have been asked to Jesus and about Jesus throughout his life. Perhaps in this situation, it's being asked by someone just because they're curious about what the hubbub is about. But I suspect that there are some people who had a deeper curiosity about who Jesus was. Because again, this is a question that followed Jesus. While Jesus had things in common with other prophets, he was also different too. So understanding who Jesus was, what he could do, what he was doing— were all things that people around him were trying to puzzle out, and not always for the kindest reasons. Several chapters earlier in Matthew 16, Jesus actually has an entire discussion with his disciples about the question of who he is. Jesus asks them, who do people say that he is, and who do the disciples say that he is? The disciples respond that the people think that he is one of the various Jewish prophets, maybe even one of the super famous ones from the old times, like Elijah or Jeremiah. And while Jesus is a prophet, he isn't one of those prophets. And in this conversation, it's only the disciple Peter who gets it right. Peter says that Jesus is the son of the living God. And then Jesus says, 
yo, don't tell anyone about this. Which seems so counter to everything we talk about in the present day about like wanting to share our faith with others. Jesus is like, no, not yet. It's not the time. Because it turns out being the son of the living God is really risky. This claim is part of what led Jesus to being crucified. He was a threat to the established religion and government. So as he enters into Jerusalem and the word of his arrival and his identity, even just his identity as a prophet, starts to ripple throughout the city and tensions start to rise. And Jesus increases that tension with what he does next. Jesus goes straight to the temple, the center of religious life. And upon arrival, he is angered by the money changers who have set up business there. The money changers exchanged different types of currency so that those who made the pilgrimage to the temple could purchase the doves or other animals. You see, these animals were used in ritual sacrifice for the atonement of sins. But oftentimes, these money changers were not giving like a fair exchange. They were taking more money than they should have from the people who were coming to participate in this faith ritual. Jesus is so upset by this that he literally turns over the tables. Like this is an intense interaction. He is calling out the exploitive practices and wanting to stop their money-making schemes. Next, Jesus preaches and heals to those who have followed him into the temple. And the chief priests and legal experts are all watching this happen, and they are not pleased. Like, neither at him calling out these exploitive practices, nor are they pleased about what he is saying and preaching and that he's healing people. Jesus is a threat to their power, their faith, and their way of life. He has disrupted one of their income streams, and now he's doing miracles. The common people might really love him if he keeps standing up for them and taking care of them, and that's not good news for these leaders. So the chief priests and the legal experts ask another question. This is the second question of Palm Sunday. In Matthew 21, 16, they say, Do you hear what these children are saying? Like, And I love this, and I don't know that I ever really noticed this detail in this story before. Um, But there's apparently children there, and they are running around, I assume, and like echoing what they heard all of the adults saying earlier. You know, like how kids do. Like they repeat what we say, um, sometimes in good ways and sometimes in bad ways. And it's just so funny because like this is just how it is with kids, right? It gets loud. It gets repetitive. It gets crazy making for the adults. Like how many times if you're a parent, have you had to listen to we don't talk about Bruno or let it go like a million. So like this is what's unfolding around them in the temple that there are children who are yelling, Hosanna to the son of David, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So the question isn't actually about, like, can Jesus, like, physically hear them? Like, Jesus does. Like, I don't think you could ignore it. You can't ignore Bruno. You can't ignore Elsa. Like, you can't ignore the children. So I actually think that this question is a sort of test for Jesus. The chief priests and the legal experts want to know if Jesus agrees with what they are saying. 
Like, is Jesus going to affirm what they are saying or be like, oh my gosh, can you believe these kids? How did they get this idea in their mind? Like, this can't be it at all. This isn't who I am. Because being the son of David is a very particular and unsettling uh, claim, depending on what perspective you're looking at it. You see, being the son of David is a reference to the second king of Israel, King David. Being in his lineage means that Jesus could make a claim for the throne and also make a claim at being the Messiah, the savior of the people. Hebrew prophets throughout time had claimed that the Messiah would come from David's line. A claim to the throne is a threat to the Roman Empire, the current overlords and oppressors of the Jewish people, and a claim to the Messiahship is a threat to the religious leaders who had power and privilege in their current setup. Needless to say, neither the government leaders nor the religious leaders wanted anything to change. And Jesus might just have the influence to make that change. All right, so how does Jesus answer this question? How does he handle the test? And in like a very Jesus way, Jesus responds with a biblical reference. He says, Yes, haven't you ever read from the mouths of babies and infants you've arranged praise for yourself? This is a somewhat obscure uh, reference and kind of a different sort of interpretation of Psalm 8 verse 2, which says, From the mouths of nursing babies, you have laid a strong foundation because of your foes in order to stop the vengeful enemies. Truth be told, I'm not completely sure what Jesus is getting at here. Like, he says, yes, he hears them, quotes this psalm, and I'm kind of left scratching my head here, which is likely how the chief priests and legal experts felt too, like unsure of what this really meant. Is Jesus saying that he's the Messiah? Is Jesus making a claim to the throne? I'm not sure, and I don't know that they were sure either. And if there were any follow-up questions, we don't get to hear them. The next verse of Matthew says that Jesus leaves them and goes out of the city to sleep in a neighboring city, Bethany. And that's the end of Palm Sunday. Jesus does return to Jerusalem the next day, and more questions and some answers do follow. But we're going to save that for next week. But I want to wrap up today's episode by inviting you to reflect on how you would answer the question of the whole city, the first question of Palm Sunday. Who is this? Who is Jesus? If so, if you were in a conversation with a trusted friend in a safe place, like a coffee shop, your kitchen table, walking in the park, and they asked you, who is Jesus? What would you say? I know I'll be thinking about that this week, too. I hope you'll come back for the next episode to continue exploring the questions of Holy Week together. about Jesus.
Hi, Jesus. I'm not really sure that I always understand who you are. You preach a different sort of message, one that doesn't always sound like what some of your followers preach. You turned tables, you listened to children, you walked into a city like a royal on Sunday, but by the end of the week, you're on a cross. Then you came back from the dead. How did that happen? Both getting to the cross and then getting out of the tomb. I've got a lot of questions, and I know I'm not the only one. And I'd like some answers. Can we talk? Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. We hope you experienced God's love for you and the world in today's episode. There's still time to get on the list for All Places Together's Easter Zoom communion. We're gathering on Monday, April 10th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. There's a sign-up sheet available on social media and also in the show notes. And you just need to sign up so you can get the Zoom link. If you're not sure about communion, no worries. You are welcome to be with us, no matter if you take communion or not. So just feel free to let me know if you have any questions. Thank you to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod and the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Being church together is so important. Thank you to those who give financially to empower the ongoing work of all places together. If you've not given before, or if you'd like to give another gift to financially support APT, you can go to our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give Now. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. Even small one-time gifts of $5 or $10 or a monthly gift of the same amount add up to make a big difference. We know it can be hard to give financially. So don't forget that we celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life and engage with us online throughout the week. If you've got a friend who has asked you about faith or about Jesus, especially as we're heading up to Easter, I hope you'll consider sending them this episode or your favorite episode of APT. I'd love to wander and wander together with them. Until next time, remember that God is with you and loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.